Reformation Day was yesterday. What's it to you? What's it to me? We uh, To celebrate Reformation Day, I walked around with my kids in a zero degree wind chill and got candy from neighbors. It was awesome. Every time I, I threatened to bang 95 theses on their wall or on their door, like nail it to their mm-hmm. door, they would give me candy. It's like treat or theses is what I would say. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Protestant version is always better. That's right. Uh, hey, it is time to introduce the new hymn of the month. The hymn of the month. And since it's November 1st when we're recording this podcast, I think this will probably go out on the 3rd, but a little time warp moment there. But uh, since it's the uh, month of November. Breaking fourth wall. Come on, man. <laughs> but since it's the month of November, we have a new hymn of the month. Um, why don't you introduce this to us, Pastor Ben, and then I have some notes about some things I'd like to share, but uh, I'd like to hear what you have to share Does first. Does what you have to say have anything to do with what I'm going to say? Well, the nice thing about you talking first is I can just fix all your issues after you mention it. So, <laughs> so why don't you go like, first? Why don't you go ahead and say what you say, and then I'll say what I want to say. <laughs> and then I'll fix it all. But I guess all. that's really how all conversations go. You say a little bit of what you want to say, then I'll say a little bit about what I want to say. <laughs> and then at the end... Hopefully they mean something in relationship to each other. <laughs> that's right. Uh, tell us about the hymn of the month. Hymn of the Month is a song called There's One Gospel. It's not in our hymnals. It's a kind of a newer hymn. Uh, it's going to be helpful for us as we work towards the Thanksgiving celebration that our church enjoys every year. Uh, it's uh, Obviously, it's uh, going to be a little bit more focused on... Um, we enjoy a feast of songs. We do enjoy a feast of songs. And a was... feast of scripture in the sermon. Yeah, it's ahead. a veritable cornucopia of hymns. <laughs> The song's called There's One Gospel, <laughs> and uh, the lyrics uh, help us work through kind of the, uh, the the confidence and assurance that we experience as believers in the gospel. Okay. So some gospel songs uh, work to explain what the gospel is to us. Some narrate the history of the gospel. So for instance, in Christ alone kind of explains what the gospel is. The power mm-hmm. of the cross narrates the gospel to mm-hmm. us. It goes through the gospel story. This particular song helps us reflect on, meditate, confess the, um, the results of the gospel. Let's clarify exactly what the gospel is. First uh, Corinthians 15, this is the gospel I preach to you, that Christ died for our sins. Very important um, word structure and word order there. Sure. That he died for our sins, that he was buried, proving his complete death, and that he was raised again the third day according to the scriptures. Yes. And applied personally to the life of the believer by faith. Alone alone grant salvation yes yep amen luther would be proud (laughs) been practicing since uh, nailing those theses (laughs) excellent um so the uh this particular song just kind of moves step by step in the different stanzas to uh, the first stanza kind of talks about the the confidence that we have uh in the gospel because of its source in god and the fact that in the gospel we find the meeting of all of our needs um it says specifically uh this gospel provides peace it's my highest joy and my deepest need and uh just kind of highlights that confidence that we have the second stanza kind of talks about the endurance we have in the gospel in the face of various obstacles and uh uh specifically the obstacle of our sin it says i cling to this gospel um 
in the face of everything else because this is what deals with my sin. It says, no more I boast in what I can bring, no more I carry the weight of sin, for he's brought me from death to life. I stand in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this is kind of what goes on throughout the entire song. Every stanza ends with that phrase, I stand in the gospel of Jesus Christ, and uh, emphasizes just an aspect of it. Um, I have four phrases that, or, or four statements, I should say, that I love in this in this song. Can I give you all four of them, would, or are you going to continue? I appreciate it very much. Okay, so. Because I didn't really have anything I liked about the song, so I was hoping you'd bring something. Well, I was just going to wait until you got tired of listening yeah, to really yourself talk. I was really there at the end. I was like, I, don't, I can't think of anything else. Okay, here we go. Ready? Number one, you already mentioned the first one, which is nice. We're saying the same thing. That's good. My greatest need. That's very validating for me. Thank you. <laughs> It's my job. That's why I'm here. <laughs> to make all your dreams come true and validate you. What a privilege. Have I told you recently? <laughs> what a privilege it is to serve under you. Uh, the uh, stanza one, my greatest, deepest, I think is the way that it's phrased here, my deepest need in recognizing the gospel solves for us our eternal need. And that's why I love the very first phrase. There is one gospel on which I stand for all eternity. Yeah. Like this gospel doesn't end at the moment we die. Hmm. It is... Um, it is it it solves for us it meets our deepest our greatest need that is then therefore met through all of eternity because that gospel isn't it interesting that the gospel itself defines for us what our need is yes like it's not something that we like oh i've always known that i need something and the gospel just happens to be the perfect fit for this Mm -hmm. it's actually the gospel that both reveals the need and meets the need simultaneously throughout eternity and we even think about the fact that in our justification our sin is completely dealt with and yet our need for the gospel is not diminished because Mm -hmm. the work of the gospel extends throughout eternity as well see and that's why i think the First Corinthians 15 word order and selection is, I mean, of course it's important because the Holy Spirit inspired those words from right. the apostle Paul's pen, right? But Christ died for our sins. Right. It doesn't just say Christ died or Christ died for us. Right. Christ died for our sins, according to scriptures. And, uh, and so, yeah, so it, it meets man's greatest need. What is man's greatest need is to be forgiven for, for to be forgiven from his sin. We really can't separate substitutionary atonement out of the gospel at no. any point. Substitutionary atonement is the gospel. To yeah. lose substitutionary atonement is to lose the gospel. All right, uh, second phrase, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. No more I carry the weight of sin. Hmm. And in your mind... Wait, I think I mentioned that you one did. as well. In your mind, knowing what I love, what image is present in my mind when I read that phrase? Uh, the five-pound dumbbells in your basement? <laughs> I know that you know that I love to work out because of my incredible physique. No, Pilgrim's Progress. Yes. You see Pilgrim struggling that was to my second. the that foot was of the cross. Maybe. And that moment, whenever I read Pilgrim's Progress, brings me to tears every time. In fact, yeah. I was reading it just not too long ago with the children out loud. And one of my kids said, Dad, is this where you're going to cry? <laughs> <laughs> they know me too it well. It really is. That's an incredibly powerful part. Yeah, and, because uh, his, the weight, that burden. the burden. Um, one of, when I was uh, in, in college, I was witnessing to a kid who um, was uh, formerly on drugs and different things, and he was convinced he was from Abbeville, South Carolina, but he was convinced he was a surfer from Southern California. <laughs> and so he, uh, he, I was witnessing to him, and over a course of about forty-five minutes, led him to the Lord, mm-hmm. and he bowed his head and he prayed a really sweet prayer, you know, something like, um, you know, God, I I need you, and I need to be forgiven for my sins. And then he stopped for a while, and he looked up, literally looked up at the sky, and just said, "Thank you." Wow. And then he looked at me and he said, man, and he said, dude, 
I feel like a big monkey just climbed off my back. Yeah, <laughs> what, right. Because it's the burden of unforgiven sin. What's interesting about Pilgrim's Progress off. too is that the Christian keeps referencing you know, the fact that the burden fell the off and rolled yeah. into Calvary. Like it's not something that that's an episode and it's a powerful episode. And then Christian goes on and does other things. No. He's constantly making reference back mm-hmm. to that moment because it's such a pivotal time. He tells that story over and over and over mm-hmm. again to people that he meets our congregation. We have the opportunity to do that collectively and then interpersonally with one another. As we sing the song, as we sing mm-hmm. the song, we have the opportunity to, in, in a sense, Share our testimony with each other all at the same time. All at the same time. No yeah. more I carry the weight of sin. And we're declaring, by God's grace, this is true of me. And it's because I'm standing in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right. It's incredible. Uh, third phrase, phrase three, yes. which you did not get to, which is fine. I'll, I'll, I'll be happy to share with you. Are you going one phrase per stanza? Yes. I love how orderly you are. Well, you know, I try. Uh, number three, my life is his and his life is mine. His hope is mine. Is it his hope? It's his hope. Well, it's all. It also means life. That's 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 what he's trying to say. Sure. Um, now on my Savior, I fix my eyes. My life is his, and his hope is mine. That makes me think of um, Hebrews twelve, where it tells us to mm-hmm. lay aside every weight and to look unto Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. There yep. is the hope that Jesus had before him, and that hope is ours. We now. Yep have that same joy set before us that was set before Jesus. Yeah, and I think this that little phrase that really stuck out to me is my life is his. Mm-hmm. And and I and I think this is an accurate statement that what the author's intent with that phrase is to say the life that I live, I live by faith in the Son of God. His life is present with me, not I, but Christ who lives in me. It's my union with Christ mm-hmm. in that Christ's life is actually being lived out through me. Mm-hmm. And so when I obey, it's the obedience of Christ. When I have faith, it's the faith of Christ because his life is present in me. And that life is shining out. There's a mystery to that, isn't there? There is. There's something There's a, beyond our comprehension. It's, it's, it's crazy. Um but the more that I that I meditate on it, the more I get so excited about the Christian life mm. because it goes into that next phrase. I wrote it down wrong. His life is mine, but, but the song says his hope is mine. And that hope is eternal life, joy, presence with the Father, a a new life. His resurrected resurrection hope is my hope as well. Right. And that same resurrection that he... Uh, was in the same resurrection he was raised, so I will share that in the last day. It's almost like that second half of the phrase, his hope is mine, um, is grounded in that first phrase. The mm-hmm. reason that his hope is mine is because my life is his. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Because of that union, there we have this hope as yeah. well. Okay, last one. Uh, and I'm just going to choose one word that I love the word shift here. By the way, this is a good job picking out this hymn. Where's the word shift? If I may say. This? The word shift. It's oh. not the word shift. Oh, the trans- it's the I, word I shift. I which, right, got it. From I to we. That's and, a Pastor Joe thing right there. And I love that. Yeah. Because yeah. what happens is it turns from this individual song that we are singing to each other to a corporate song that we are singing with each other. Hmm. And in this gospel, the church is one we do not walk alone. And, and all of stanza four is focused on the corporate church um, celebrating the gospel, rescuing us together. Because the truth is, is that we are rescued in, in the restoration of the cosmic universe of all things, right, at the end, 
in the last days, when God recreates the new heavens and the new earth, you have the all all redeemed, the church gathered corporately with Christ, and we will live for all of eternity together as God's people. And so I think we have to keep that in mind that the gospel is not an individualized, uh, yes, it is for every individual, but it is not an individualized private matter, but a, a corporate event as we sing in that right. way, that we are saved and we will be glorified. And, uh, and, and anything, any song that we can sing that points us to the phrase, we, us, our, you know, the church together is a song that's got my full backing. There's a really powerful application in this, um, that, that, that first kind of line in that last stanza where it says we're the church is one. We do not walk alone. Then it goes on and says, we have his spirit as we press on to lead us safely home. And then it goes back to the the personal pronouns, when in glory, I will sing Mm -hmm. so on and so forth. But I think it's so interesting and profound uh, that they bring out the biblical truth that our endurance in the Christian life happens corporately. Hmm. That right. there's a kind of a, a, a an aid, a strength, a grace that God gives to the perseverance of our faith in a corporate setting. This is why I think in the writer to the book of Hebrews, he says so often, therefore you need to exhort one another while it's today, lest none of you be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. The reason is because God has designed the Christian life to work in such a way that perseverance happens best in the context of the church. You actually need the church uh, to to encourage your faith until the p- time when all of us come together safely home. That's right. Um, love this hymn. Any closing closing thoughts in regards to um, clinging to the gospel individually as a church? Your kind of your heart. Anytime for the that, church. Yeah, is missing this. Anytime that we as a congregation have the opportunity to express our love and affection to God over the main things. I think it's a healthy thing for our church. We can never um, uh, outdo or outlive the usefulness of declaring together the unity of our faith. Mm. Uh, And I think that the unity that the song expresses on that which is most central and most helpful is going to continue to aid in the the continued health of our church. Our church will become more and more healthy the more and more that we focus on the gospel of Jesus Christ. The more we stand in the implications of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the more that we think about the meaning of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the obedience that flows out of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen to that, and may God um, take this song and make it part of our DNA as our hearts cry out to him during the month of November.